Welcome to the Alternative Upstage. Uh, I'm your host, Marcus Wickham, and it's been a while. I was super excited about the response I had with Kevin, so I had full intentions of keeping this going, but life kind of gets in the way uh, from letting you do everything you want to sometimes. And We've had an eventful year, and on top of that, uh, recorded an EP, rolled out an album of my own. It all just kind of ate up a lot of time. But anyways, to the good stuff, I sat down with one of the best musicians I know, Taylor Carpenter from the band Chamber, uh, a local to Nashville drummer. He and Chamber just released their sophomore LP, Cost of Sacrifice. Uh, so in this, we discuss the recording process with Randy LaBeouf and the hurdles one can face when releasing a record in this current day and age. I'm going to keep this short and sweet, but we had a blast and I've been really, really excited about sharing this talk. You can buy merch from Chamber at costofsacrifice.com. And also, very important side note, these guys are auctioning off a test press of both LPs and a signed copy of Cost of Sacrifice. Donations go to their PayPal at $10 per entry, and you can enter as many times as you want. And that PayPal is chambernashville at gmail.com. And I'll have that in the, uh, in the description below. And all that money donated is going to be going to the Parrish family. Uh... Our buddy Lucas, who actually has played in Chamber, uh, his family's going through a rough time right now. So, uh, if you are donating, that money will be going to a very, very charitable cause. And without a further ado, let's get straight into it. You're listening to the Alternative Upstage. Peace out. Hey, yes, might be kind of loud. <clears throat> I don't know. Cool. Yeah, I, yeah, it's I, pretty nice. Yeah, I hear you. You hear me. It's like we're on Infowars now. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> That's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, dude. Okay, so tell me, how are you? Uh, it's been out for two weeks now. Yeah. How do you? Uh, how do you feel about it? The dude, response. I'm really thankful for everybody who checked it out. Um, yeah, it did, it did really well for our first LP. Um, everything got a lot of views and everything. We, we sold a fair amount of records. Um, so yeah, we're just super thankful and humbled, especially because it came out during a pandemic and we didn't have like all the, the means to like push the record by touring and stuff that we wanted to. Um, but yeah, we're super pumped and we're already working on the next one. That's like, uh, I, I feel like a lot of bands are in that position too, where it's like, all right, we finished this now. Uh, and I think we've had this discussion before. It's like, everything is content based right now. Yeah. So it's like, you can't tour on a release. You can't play shows on a release. Uh, but you can make content around like the release in general. Right. Yeah. But that stuff is like the market is not sustainable to like keep having releases that are uh you know pushed solely through content so it's like what do you do well you write a fucking other one yeah and you just keep doing that yeah you you just have it we're just trying to have it ready so we can spend more time less time writing in the studio for this one and more time like just producing with randy 
I like every he had so many good ideas and every idea he pitched we were like yep we're gonna we're gonna do that um but yeah we really hit it off with him when we met him here in January um spent like three or four weeks with him like 12 hours a day so we we really hit it off and we we all really loved working together so we're gonna keep working with him for sure and the studio dog oh EQ man (laughs) sweet baby angel love her so much I know she was having some like complications or something. She yeah. fine now. She's she's all good, dude. That's good. Yeah, cool. She's all. I think it's cool to have, uh, kind of like a, not a service dog, but like uh, some some sort of like companion and stuff. Dude, having there her there you. was so great because she's such a sweetheart. Yeah. So when things were tense, you're just like, oh, <laughs> it's all good. EQ's here, man. That's awesome. Um, but. Uh, yeah, they put up a T-shirt um, for her, and and it went crazy. Everybody was like, "Nope, not EQ." Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we're taking care of her. Yeah, like, for sure. We can. I honestly, I want to talk about the record first. Yeah, more than anything. Um, do you have like a a favorite song? Do you feel like on the whole entire record? Like, if you could nail down one, is like your favorite? Yeah, probably Edge. That. Edge. Yeah. Explain. Um, so the whole the whole record is just about, um, like our struggles, the past year year and a half that led to making this record and, uh, the, the titles. It just kind of shows you what that means. Um, but that's what all the lyrics are about. And Edge, I I, I really identify with what's going on in that song. Um, and the song itself is, is my favorite too. That, that and Paranoia yeah. are my favorite songs musically probably. Gotcha. Um, but I love the, the lyrics to Edge like have actually got me through some dark, dark shit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's the thing. Hopefully, hopefully they can help get people who have felt like that through some dark shit too. Just like re- relatability and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I will say musically too. Um, the close hi hat groove at the very beginning, like kind of oh, yeah. kick it off, dude. Yeah, that shit's so fun. Yeah, so fun. Such a sweet groove. I know this record is sprinkled with a lot more pocket than the last release. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a big fan of pocket. Like Same. we we we've been over that. Um, but the the pocket with that song specifically, and then. Going straight into a breakdown, I believe at thirty seconds. Within the first thirty seconds, you're grabbing the attention of the listener. Yeah, and it doesn't sure. have to be every single song on the record that can mm-hmm. get old, but that definitely shines as as one of those in this uh, on on this LP. Uh, just because it's like you don't even get a minute through, and you're like, "Hey, what's up? We have your attention now." Yeah, I I, I love that song. Um, playing it is that's one of the ones we played on tour um, before the world ended. Uh, that was like one of the new ones that we were were playing from the new record gotcha. that people didn't know yet. So I already know how to play that one live, and I know people fuck with it. So that was probably like one of the reasons too that I like already just love that song. But yeah, yeah. I mean this record too. You guys kind of sprinkled in like uh, a lot of melodic shit on top of kind of the heavy panicky mm-hmm. uh, riffs and drumming that you did. In the last release, um, 
so like i feel like this song kind of lays that all out also <laughs> there's this one part and and an edge specifically uh a minute 17 where you do like a triple flam leading into, oh like, dude yeah triple flam hardest fill of all fucking time it is the hardest shit ever <laughs> flam 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 kick yeah that's it that's the bar dude Honestly, my personal favorite, Disassemble, Reassemble. Yeah, man. You played that song. And it was like, what the fuck? Like, never have heard you guys do any, any band for that matter, uh, doing a song like that. And like, uh, it, it just, it's weird and it's very impactful. I mean, do you guys plan on doing more stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. We, we, um, we love that industrial element and we're we're with this next record we're we're figuring out how we're going to incorporate that in a more um like cohesive way mm-hmm. um but yeah we all love fucking metal gear solid and predator and yeah. shit like that that's we're where huge. some of the sound clips we're are huge. from too yeah all that stuff's from metal gear solid two of them are um and they go along with the theme of the record about the um the idea of a self um and the concept of that and yeah the sound clip at the end of disassemble is basically like what the record is about um how people just say they know who they are so they feel like they know who they are and they actually don't um that's like the reoccurring theme you would say like overall for sure yeah which is like the uh about how powerful um the concept of a self and like having an identity really is and people lose sight of that can you describe uh basically the production process of that song yeah um, the aspect of drums so we we did drums last on the record which i'm always going to do from now on thank you randy mm-hmm. um and having everything there kind of kind of showed everybody like all right this is what drums need to do to fill in the blanks. And we had, um, we had the synth elements already like laid in when I recorded drums. So my drums are just like, kind of like one, three kick and snare. But we, we, uh, Randy made that, all that synth stuff around that drum beat too. Mm -hmm. And like mess, mess with it on his OP one and made it sound fucking crazy. Um, those things are sick. Too. Yeah, I, I want one of those so fucking bad. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like kind of back and forth at the end between synth elements and drums, and we overdubbed toms on certain parts too, uh, and we we tuned that kit that we did that song last actually, and we like made sure to do it last because we tuned the drums like way stupid low so that they sounded like trash cans. And then recorded with them, like finger tight, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they just didn't. They just sounded like mud, you know. Yeah. And like, um, I remember when I, because that was before I bought that kit from Mitchell, but he lent it to me for that recording process. Right. Yeah. D dubs. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And then he got them back, and he was like, "What the fuck?" Like, because I didn't <laughs> tune them back up. Right. And I think that's when he was recording something. I forget what. Might have been. I don't think it was blackened. 
No, it was black. Was it black? It was, it was in okay. January or February. Gotcha. Um, I tracked those drums. Hell yeah. Dude, let's go, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember he told me he got them back and he was like, what? He's like, you didn't tune... <laughs> this isn't what they were tuned to when you tracked the record, is it? I was like, no, dude. Just for the, the some weird shit that we were doing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, ran, that was... Again, Randy just had a bunch of cool ideas and we were like, you were right. <laughs> we will do those. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was talking to Mitchell the other day, actually, about um, tuning drums to, like, uh, pretty tight on the resonant head and, uh, bare, like, cranking the resonant head on toms. And then finger tightening the, the heads. Because Mario does Mario that does. Yeah. from Gojira. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was crazy, so I tried it. Uh, the other day at the studio when I was working on some stuff and mm-hmm. I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, it's a weird tone. Yeah, it is bizarre. Yeah. But it, like under a mic, I'm like, this probably sounds fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah for sure. You used uh, Mitchell's Bell Brass as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It's a beast of a snare. Insane snare. Yeah. Snare tone on this record is really cool. Dude, yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped on the drum tones that... Uh, we were able to get with Randy. He he had a, a lot of cool ideas because like he heard the snare from the first record and he was like, "We ain't going to tune it that high, buddy." And I was <laughs> like, "Word, let's not." I want I wanted to have like a high ring and like a higher tone. Yeah. Um, but I want it to sound more more like of like a more of like a lower thud and a crack. Yeah. Not, not like a ping snare. Um, it's it's very dark is the way I would describe yeah. it. Like everything has a lot of body and it's full, but it's very dark. Yeah. Um, which is great. I I think that high snares in itself are kind of a thing that's phasing out. In yeah, metal. Well, it's like that's like the that's like the thing, and it does sound sick. Like yeah, it the, does for sure. The snap case make yeah. your snare sound like a dodgeball thing. Yeah. It's it's dope for certain bands. I just didn't want to be. I just didn't want to do that. I wanted to chase after like a more signature tone mm-hmm. uh, that that fits the music better, you know? Right. Well, I mean, it, it's it's all about, too, finding something that sticks. Yeah. And uh, I like that vibe a lot. Um, like, listening to that record, I'm like, damn, this is fucking chamber, like, drum-wise. That, that, the snare tone, I think, is probably the thing that sticks out to me the most. Fuck and yeah. you said that... Uh, how did you tune it? It was like uh, lower on the resonant head. I think they were only, I think the resonant head and the batter head were only like a half step apart. Like gotcha. Literally, we would have a keyboard and be like, like do a half step bar on the keyboard. You would tune it to the keys. Yeah. And that's and, cool. And yeah, we would make sure they were half a step apart and then we would use those like Tama locks to lock them in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was that like a, a, a hack that Randy did that like you noticed a difference of like tuning the snare to a key? Yep. You noticed that. Yeah, I, he like he like he didn't even need a keyboard most of the time. He would just like has he would just be like in his little head like mm-hmm, Really? Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? You know, like singing keys. Yeah, yeah. like just like I'd hear him like humming it. Yeah. And then he would like tap the top and tap the bottom and be like, almost. <laughs> That's like, so crazy, crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they do make those drums to be bell brass. Brass drums in general, you can t- tune. Certain ones you can tune to mm-hmm. a note. Like, they're very musical. 
Uh, and I think it's a no-brainer. I think everybody should be recording with brass drums. Dude, for brass or copper. Brass or copper. Any yeah. any metal snare. So I mean, sick. Yeah, it's perfect. But that song, uh, uh, Disassemble, Reassemble, that, like, just hearing how trashy it is, too. Mm-hmm. You get you use the snare that snare for that song yeah, as well. You use sure. like the kit. Yeah, all the same way kit. Just tuned it down. Yeah, we were talking about Mario and mm-hmm. Gojira and stuff, and that obviously is a big influence uh, for you with mm-hmm. drumming. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. And impulse is kind of where you see that. I feel like. Yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's just kind of like the song where we wanted to be. Uh, a breath of fresh air on the record um, before it picks back up uh, within Cleansing Fire, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I just wanted the riff to seem pretty empty, like pretty uh, pretty bright because it's darker chords. But, like, just adding kind of sporadic kick like that, kick and snare, like, mm. jabby, you know. Yeah. Um, kind of is what stuck out to me about like when he does when mario does groovier parts he'll just like kind of stab and then lean back and then stab and then lean back but yeah i just that's just kind of the song where i drum like mario for a second (laughs) for sure it's cool i I like how it's not very there's no there's no lyrics in that song no there well he at the beginning he like whispers the last line of the song before it got you okay that's like a little subtle thing we did that's another thing too, like going back to the production and stuff. Transitions mm-hmm. between each song. Uh, that was one thing. I feel like we're talking a lot about production mm-hmm. uh, tonight, and we'll get all to the to the drum stuff. But the transitions between each song are so seamless. It's like this is this is a record that's made to be listened on record player. Like Dude, on yeah, vinyl. that's what we wanted. We wanted it all to to just run together. A cleansing fire. Uh, a cleansing fire. what happened there uh your fill work on this record um i know you're big linear guy Mm. um and that is kind of your signature thing is how you play with uh kicks and uh you know certain patterns you know being linear with your kicks in your hands Mm. and stuff uh in a cleansing fire and cleansing fire uh at uh, was it one thirty? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I have that clocked. Uh, there's just like a some fills that you play throughout that. Yeah, um, that part I think was we had that part actually just kind of separate as like a part we were like we want to use this in a song we don't know what song yet um, but we had that for a little while and I remember writing that drum part to it and being like that's one of my favorite things I've ever written and uh, then when we wrote that song I was like Gabe we need to use that fucked up part yeah. that we wrote a little while ago or, or me, someone like Chris it was like, oh, you could, we have that thing, and then uh, it it flowed like it flowed perfectly. Um, but uh, yeah, that that uh, whole thing 
it's like like a decision making thing like that's the crazy part of the song so yeah. that's where i'm gonna do the craziest drums so you guys like pre-wrote that that was an idea and you were like all right we're tagging you in on yeah. this song like it's this like idea. i still wanted it to be like have parts that repeat and be structured well but um that's kind of since like the vocals die out for a second too uh, I wanted the drums to like come through and, and fuck shit up for a second there. For sure. Uh, is there just the, I noticed like the reoccurring uh, flowing in and out of 4-4 four, four and then like triplet fills and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Or, like slowing and speeding up, but it's remaining in a 4-4. Four, four. I believe that's kind of an example of that. Yeah. Does it stay in a 4-4 four, four for the whole, that whole segment? Uh, I think that part's in 6-8. Is it really? Yeah, and then there's a bar of seven in there too, I think. Or oh, it's five. It's yeah, five, we like cut five, one eight. short. And like every other one we cut short or something like that. Okay. Now I can hear that. Yeah, it's weird. It is very weird. I love <laughs> that. I love that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, There's just constant... Uh, I, I feel like that it just it reoccurs so much mm-hmm. stuff like that where and, and that was I feel something that was like pulled off of the first release as well yeah so it was Vessel from uh, the first release mm-hmm. so like did you feel like uh, on this release too did like was there some simplifying that you felt like you guys needed to do? Or was it more so like, these are the parts that belong in these songs? Like, do you feel like you played it, like, wrote parts a little more simple? Or do you feel like it was, like, what was the process with that? We kind of tried to make sure to write a couple parts that, were, that weren't, like, foot on the gas 100%. You know what I mean? Um, just because we wanted... To, we didn't want to sacrifice like songwriting for like, hey, look how how much I like do this on my instrument or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, there there was. I want to say everything was kind of written with like a purpose of like this is gonna be a fucked up part or this is gonna be a more transition mm-hmm. part or this is gonna be a just a four on the floor straight part. Um, like verse, chorus, breakdown, whatever. We try, we try to to write more with like structure in mind as we as we write. Yeah. So we know like what what vibe we want to, like what I want to play over it or what I want to bring back from earlier that we already played or whatever. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. Do you feel like that's uh, something you are trying to move forward with and do more often, just to kind of be like open up to a. Uh, a wider audience or where does that stem from? Do you feel like just trying to, well, with every record we want to, uh, just refine our sound. Um, that's the best way I can put it. Like, uh, just do more than we did. Not, not more in like a do it better way, but like literally try think, try it from different angles. Like, uh, this record where like I'm like writing a bunch of drum riffs first and then Gabe's gonna try writing guitar just to drum shit that I write right that's for presumably the next release yeah yeah okay. just just 
just trying even just different song writing styles. You guys usually write techniques. together too, right? Yeah, usually Gabe will like write a bunch of crazy stuff and then come to me with it, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, "Let's go." Um, and do you sit down there and like hash out ideas, or do you kind of go like the pre-recorded demo route? Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 do both. We like set up a little station next to our our instruments, and then we'll like play it out and kind of puzzle piece it together and then we'll like literally record what we have and then we'll go back to our instruments and pick up from there and just kind of keep going and and then we have that to listen to and we listen to it for like three days straight and then we're like all right we have to change this we have to change this we have to change that or make that longer cut that in half and add an extra bar of this lead or whatever gotcha um do you usually like uh does Chris kind of get thrown in there at some point? Oh, with dude, bass? yeah. Well, Chris like actually has like has had ideas that are like, oh, dude, that's that's what it was missing. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's literally what it was missing. And like, just like about song structure, he kind of has the same kind of ideas as me, where it's like more about fucking up, like messing with what Gabe has already written, mm-hmm. than like writing something on his own. That's like more of what we do. Yeah. I was curious about that too. Cause, uh, I think we had talked before. And it's like, it's just like you and Gabe a lot of the time. And I'm like on this record specifically, Christian throws in some fucked dude, up baselines. Dude, you know? there are a couple baselines that are like my favorite part of the whole song. Is it in, in cleansing fire with the, is it the, He literally did that in the studio and our jaws dropped. We were like, Chris, <laughs> you bad motherfucker. It's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Because Chris man. like is really good at playing like pop and shit on the bass too. Yeah. So he like has these crazy ideas sometimes. But he le- he's amazing at like playing heavy music too. So he like kind of uses like that side of his brain with the heavy music side sometimes. Yeah. And it, it works out every time. Yeah. Like uh, that's what you gotta be I mean you can't just be a metal musician I don't think anybody's just a metal musician yeah, I mean, you, like you your can, influences are but like yeah, yeah but that's boring though it's yeah. fucking boring yeah. <laughs> I think if There's you're a lot of if you're bringing in cool music that's not metal yeah yeah like your background your musical background with drums mm-hmm. is like what is it like blues kind of or yeah I started it? out I mean I would just like play like rock and, and old blues stuff with my dad. Yeah. He, he had Les Paul, and I would play, like, old stuff with him, like The Who and Led Zeppelin and stuff. Right. And then um, I played at my church for a little bit growing up. Right. Um, and then started a band when I was 15. Yeah. It was kind Playing of where it kicked off. Yeah. yeah. Playing heavy shit. Yeah. Played with... Uh, you started playing with Cove. Uh, what year was that? Ah, oh, man. I want to say that was... 2017 gotcha i'm pretty sure pretty recent still yeah it's weird that was that was crazy that's like the thing that happened i was like oh fuck i gotta get really good at drums (laughs) i gotta get really good because i had grew up i grew up watching shondell and jesse you know and i was like damn i think i think i talked with you about how like that's like 
Dude, local music. Growing up watching local bands. Yeah. In terms of being formative to a young musician. Right. Uh, I wouldn't consider it idolizing drummers, but I feel like when you it's watch like local bands, you study it's and studying. it's a yeah. bigger influence, I feel like, yeah. to young musicians For than sure. anybody who plays in any massive band. Right. And it's like you have to be you have to come from that and then like like I'm thankful to have been able to study like uh like Craig Reynolds and Kevin from TAS and uh Kyle Brownlee and like all these dudes but now I know how like the capacity for how amazing you can be because I've seen those dudes drum Mm -hmm. you know like it's human yeah it's possible but exactly but um at the same time I remember being like 16 and seeing like some Joe Schmo that I don't even remember who he is now do a blast beat for the first time Mm -hmm. and in my brain then at that time that was the coolest thing i had ever seen with my eyeballs you know what i mean (laughs) yeah it doesn't matter how really cool it actually is that's like just having a scene like it's the experience right for the first time that you can like start going to shows when you're younger with older friends or older siblings or by yourself or whatever and like i remember seeing tyler coburn drum for the first time and being like is that a dude from Yaochi? Yeah, I was like, I'm, saying, I'm being like, oh, I don't need two pedals. You, you don't, know? yeah, like, yeah. like crazy shit. And I didn't, I, you can see it with your eyes. You can't hear stuff like that mm-hmm. on recordings as much. It, it's tucked in. Yeah, yeah. It's the first time I saw Yaochi too. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not real. Mm-hmm. This person isn't doing that. Like to any person who wants to be a drummer and seeing what that dude can do too. It's, it's like, like a very local It can band. either be, like at yeah. first it can be discouraging. Like you yeah. can be like, oh, I will never be able to do that. You know? And like, Absolutely. You're like, oh, that guy's the best. Fuck. <laughs> but also you can take it and be like, damn. Like the same thing I said about like Craig and Kyle and Kevin and all those amazing drummers. It's human. And like, oh, I can, if I really try, I can probably do that. You know? I think that's a realization that when you have as a musician it's like i just saw this person do this right they're a person just like me yeah yeah there's nothing that is considerably talent they just they just, just practice their ass exactly off, you know like it's been a lot of time and even though it looks seamless like i mean watching you play drums is seamless like Thank watching you. kyle play drums you know all these guys that you bring it up too it's like there's no lag you yeah. know there's no computing it's yeah. natural it's muscle memory but it's not, they didn't wake up one day with the ability to do that. No, no, they just you, woke up and drummed every day until they could do it. Exactly. Yeah. It's gradual. And I think that's important to young musicians, especially young drummers, because mm-hmm. I feel like drums at times can feel like an instrument that's impossible to be good at, like the bands and the artists that you love. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure people, I, I see it all the time, people covering your songs on Twitter it's like the craziest, coolest feeling. Yeah. Yeah. This shit is cool. It's like so cool. This kid just found out, or this dude just found out that he's a human too and he can fucking play this shit. Yes, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. That's like <laughs> that's why like I love being in this band because we just do what we think kicks ass. Yeah. And like aesthetically, musically, ideologically, we just want to do what we want to do. Yeah. And 
like I said, refine it and make it better every time we do it. It's polishing yeah. every single time. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we got to that point too. That uh, the local uh, the local scene is like everything. <laughs> we gotta find out who our next president is soon. So. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> it might be the same guy or a different guy. That also sucks. Who, who knows? <laughs> Which elderly man will rule us all? Oh, fuck, dude. I wanted to talk about this. How was it working with Eric on those music videos? Oh, dude. Love him so much. He is so talented. And shout out to Dan. Um, he, he helped Eric with the first video, and he had a bunch of amazing ideas, and they worked really well together. Um, but, yeah, the first video was awesome just put a bunch of like mylar wrapping paper all over our basement on the ceilings and walls and floors. And then, um, did some crazy scientist freak shit. Yeah. And the second video was really cool. I liked that one more even because didn't you have like insanely deadly lasers? Dude. Yeah. They like hurt. <laughs> they like were pretty hot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, we had just like, uh, a venue that was obviously closed that uh, Eric hit up the guy and said we could use like the stage for the evening. And then we did like a bunch of band shots with different, like the, the, we had this lighting guy and I don't even know, I don't know his like company or his service or whatever, but he did an amazing job and he had a bunch of like, a, like you could do like cones with them. So it looked like Jacob was like getting sucked up into a UFO yeah, you know? that shot, those shots were cool. Yeah, and, and then there shit. was just, like, ones that looked like it was, like, laser rain. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that one was really cool. I liked the black and white and everything. And Eric's just, same thing with Randy, just, like, a dude who has got his foot in the door and has got a bunch of good ideas and is just killing it right now. Yeah. You know? That, uh, he's been doing music videos for Boundaries, too. Yeah, dude, and they're awesome. They're fucking incredible. Yeah, new Boundaries shit is so sick. I'm pumped for that I record. cannot wait for that record yeah. at all. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I, I noticed that with him, too. It's like, you know, he's been a picture guy for a long time. And, you know... Yeah, he's, he's an amazing he's, photographer, too. Yeah, he's yeah. phenomenal. And uh, seeing that dude work with, like, these types of bands and, you know, this... Like I said before, content is the name of the game right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just helping bands put together these amazing visual content ideas. And yeah. it's just, I'm so stoked on it. Yeah. It makes my heart feel real good Dude, to see shit like that. Same. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, that's all we can do right now. And we're going to do another video, I think, maybe for Edge. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a couple months. Fuck and yeah. then uh, I'm going to film. Eric's going to help me film drum playthrough videos for the record too that's about us so we'll, we're gonna try and not just make those like boring videos of me yeah. playing drums we're gonna kind of try to tie in some like art and some scenery in with it if we can too i cannot wait to see that yeah hopefully it'll be cool <laughs> goddamn hell yeah dude well yeah erica eric easter day everybody mm. uh, what a great talented man yeah also that song no, um, like the end of it, y'all sprinkling in this, like, like I said before, this melodic aspect to your music, uh, 
it's such a soft ending. I never thought in a million years, like when that single came out, I was just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing some of this stuff now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, was, like a little breather. Yeah. You know? Was that something that um, you guys are trying to do more often in the future? We will definitely uh, still have like melodic elements. They may be darker from here on out. I'm not sure. But it's not like it's not like any of our elements um, or like our facets are going to go away. Um, we may just like uh, change the recipe up a little bit and introduce some some new stuff too. Uh, and with these singles, um, is there any uh, were there were there reasons for why you released uh, these four singles? And also, I noticed it was interesting the way you released each mm-hmm. single. Yeah. Uh, basically re-releasing an EP each time. Yeah, yeah, adding uh, on to it. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any reason you guys chose those four songs, though? Um, not, not necessarily. Well, in Cleansing Fire, uh, yeah, we, we, we chose in Cleansing Fire just because of where the world was at that For time. Sure. And that's kind of, that was the political song, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we put that out then, um... And then Scars, we put that one out with In Cleansing Fire because we've been playing that song live for like two years. So we knew people already knew that one. Uh, But then Visions and Numb are just like two of our group favorites that we also just wanted to put out, I think. Visions is... uh, That's one of my favorites too, I think. Yeah. I thought I wrote something about it. Um, Isn't Visions like the Axis E song? Or am I thinking of... Uh, Numb is the one that everyone said sounded like Axis. Yeah, cool. Visions, That's right. Visions is a song... Shout out shout out Jordan McGee from Advent. I literally yep. ripped a fill from that dude on that song. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, the beginning fill uh, is literally the same fill on uh, the second song on that new Advent EP, the newer Advent EP. I just thought I remember he was the one that showed me that and I was like dude that's what I want to do is like just do rudimental badass shit yeah but What's use this? it in heavy music and not hip hop you said the sticking is right left kick right left kick dude right, yeah left kick. just right left kick that's cool <laughs> sick right yeah it's just triplets but yeah thank you Jordan I'm sorry I stole that from you but also I love you and <laughs> When you drum with me and you showed me that, it was awesome. So you, one thing I was going to ask too is like when you do like linear stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, usually most people will replace like, you do like right, left, kick, left, mm-hmm. right, kick, like, yeah. you know. I always try and start like the bar with my right. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying not no to do, what. I'm trying not to do those like, like right, left, right, left, kick, kick fills. Because any motherfucker can do those. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're a cheat code for sure. Yeah, so I mean, they sound sick. They, but if you can do them, like, cool. But yeah. I don't want to I don't want to rely on those. You know what I mean? It's it's an easy crush to fall on. Yeah. I feel like. For sure. At least in like my recording experience, it's like, what do I put here? And any engineer or anybody who's not a drummer, it's just like, right, 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 left kick. Yeah. And it's like, or something cool. Yeah. Just those fills like that 
uh, that aren't just right, left, mm-hmm. kick, kick, like stuff like that. Yeah. That is remaining linear and you listen to it and you're like, that's fucked up. But, but what's he doing? Yeah. Like, what yeah. is it? Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty simple. It's just. Yeah. I'm trying to make stuff that's yeah. not that hard sound like it's really hard. Yeah. Pretty much. When I, mean, I mean, it's just like placement and moving it around. Too. Yeah, for sure. I'm still hating myself for not being able to come and jam with you and Mitchell that one time. Oh, ah, dude, so that was fun. fun, dude. You got to jam with Josh Landreth, who probably hadn't touched oh, a drum kit in two God. years. Oh, my God. He still had it. <laughs> he still had it. Josh. Unreal. Yeah. He still had it, man. Yeah. That dude is awesome. Love him so much. Hanging out with him the other night was sick, too. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to hang out with him. Yeah, we hung out like after we drummed that day for a bit, and it was so good to catch up with him. Yeah. He's drumming on some new stuff, too. Uh, yeah, he was talking fact. to me with his... He's making some stuff with his friends right now. Yeah. It's like... Mm, you know, it's never too late to get back in it. No, nah, dude. <laughs> you should. But, uh... You know, Hanging Moon Part 2. Being Chamber and stuff. Yeah, it's like, straight up. So, uh... I know I asked you... I feel like I asked you this before. Well, not tonight, but, um... Do you feel like... And it's probably... There probably wasn't, but do you feel like there was a song that gave you a really fucking hard time on this record in the recording process? Uh, dude, yeah. Uh, there's a part that I, when I mapped it out, like in the MIDI, I was like, I can do that. And there, there's like literally one part where I was like, okay, hold on. I have to practice this for like 30 minutes real quick. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it's on numb. Yeah. You're doing single kicks and double kicks. So sometimes your left foot kind of goes when you don't mean for it to, because yeah. it's used to following your right during fills. But that one fucked with me for a second. Um, and cost the end of cost where I do a bunch of like, uh, like accent stuff. I, I, I like had to, really plan that one out and kind of build it. But it does end up being kind of like your favorite moments. Yeah, for sure. When you hear it, it's like, dude, I did it. Fuck. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Uh, man, cost is such a great closer too. Are you, are you, are you trying, you said you wanted to do more of like a darker melodic thing. Uh, have people been like hitting all up? Like, Oh, is like chamber going to start doing like this melodic metal core thing. Like, you know, all these other bands do when they get to that point, like the counterparts, like misery signals vibe. Dude. Yeah. Well, we, we all just love misery signals. That's, that's one of our, all of our collective favorite bands. So naturally that's just kind of made its way into the writing, um, during this record. Um, and, uh, but like I said, we're going to stay, we're going to stay, we're not going to do away with having melodic parts or like harmonies or anything like that. But, where we're probably not going to be like as like shiny. Does that make right. sense? Not for sure. Um, I mean, you talk too about like uh, you have repeating parts and something almost of like a, a chorus. Uh, dude, yeah. I think it's in uh, uh, Paranoia. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I believe it is. There's just this riff that repeats. Yeah. And uh, I, I was like, man, okay. Like familiarity in a song. Dude, yeah, it helps. It does. Yeah. 
not necessarily being catchy like a pop song, but it's like, yeah, oh, like hey, I heard that already. Writing stuff that you've already, yeah, that repeats, but like grows. That's a perspective I had listening to this. I'm like, man, it's just like, yeah, they're all improving their craft and yeah. individually. Um, That's something we definitely wanted, like, show with every record too. Like, yeah, like we're practicing and getting better at our instruments. Right. You know what I mean? Um, But that's never like the goal. We, we want to... uh we never want to sacrifice anything for like, like I said earlier, we never want to put a crazy part in a song just to put a crazy part for in the song, sake of it being I mean? crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, if you guys like, like if live shows were happening right now mm-hmm. and like you guys were about to go on tour, what would be like your six to seven song set? You feel like, would it be predominantly songs off this record? Would you play? We would probably still? play like, That's kind of a tough one. <laughs> it's kind of tough. I don't know. I mean, we would we would probably play like the th- like three or four songs that we know we like need to play off of ripping, pulling, tearing, yeah. like you know. But we would probably play at least half of a set would probably be the new songs. Yeah, if not think, maybe like you think it'd be more. like split the middle, like fifty fifty. Maybe yeah, I I think so. That's cool. But right. when we come back, we may just play like seventy five percent new songs since it's been out. You know what I mean? For sure. Fuck it. You know, everyone knows it. I've had a lot of time. Yeah. To get by familiar. that point, you know. So <laughs> for sure. What's the song that you're like? I would absolutely need to fucking play this live that you guys haven't played yet. Uh, dude, probably uh, Paranoia or Visions. Oh yeah. Yeah, Paranoia. Or Fracture. Really I really am excited to play Fracture, actually. Do you think there's any way you could pull off a song like uh, Disassemble, Reassemble? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 working that into. Throw sure. that SPDX pad in there, Dude, man. one of those Roland uh, 9 pads. They're beast. Yeah, They're I'm, trying, so I'm trying to get my hands on one of those, and I just got some in-ears, and I'm practicing, bro, for sure. For sure. Would you guys ever run, like, Click Live, or is that, like, nothing... We if we if we end up doing like songs like Disassemble Live, we may talk about that just For so sure. we stay um on time with tracks and shit. Yeah. But uh I would never play a metalcore song to a click track to save my life. Really? No. <laughs> you recorded to a click on this record, I did. Though, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean I don't want to say that because you never know and but that's just so not my style. It's not I, fun. I would rather no. practice to a click yeah. and then play it without a click live when you play to a click i feel like it almost becomes a job yeah it's not fun yeah that's just with my experience it's like live i feel like and i think i've literally only played a show not even with chamber to a click one time but i think like i'm so used to just hearing like i play with earbuds in sometimes but I'm, i'm so used to just hearing like everything without a click track live and like feeling that moment right so like that would just like make me feel like i was practicing and like i'd feel off yeah i mean i would adapt i'd get used to it but that's just like not what i'm used to it's kind of like the reality of performing and practicing right yeah and that's kind of your 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 wall between Mm -hmm. the two and but i'm like i'm kind of like if i practice the song 10 times to a click i'll play it that same way without a click yeah. Live. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's all muscle memory. Yeah. So it's sure. like, that's important. Uh, uh, speeding up is a big issue when you're playing songs live. Dude, yeah. I know everybody speeds up. Uh, 
Dude, there's some like live video. Me and Mitchell were watching it the other day. I love how I keep bringing up Mitch. This is just a podcast. <laughs> Miss you, Mitch, bro. <laughs> I don't how know you, where how he's you doing, at, man. Where are you, bro? Yeah, I don't know where he's at. He won't answer the phone. So God damn. <laughs> Hope you're all right, bro. Uh, uh, but we were watching a video, and it's like the way that you played some songs off of the old release and how fast you did it. I Dude, like, yeah, I, I, I was like, yeah. he's just having fun, man. Oh yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> Like it, the it, thing is, like we played, we recorded like that last record. We didn't record to a click. Yeah. So those songs are like after we started touring, we were like, oh, those songs are all way too slow. So we just started playing them faster. Right. But like, yeah, there were definitely some nights where like I'd be playing and Gabe would be like, bro, you're playing so fucking fast. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, dude. Like I can't hold it, man. Yeah. <laughs> trying to tread i'm sorry also like i mean if you're in it and you can do it like oh yeah do it fuck yeah go that fast man like i i feel like it's boring to see a band play songs exactly they the way that they are on the record yeah i mean depends on depends on the song but like for sure i know what you mean for sure at least like you know having something different and alive like if people are paying to see your band mm-hmm which that probably won't be happening until next year. Uh, but if people are paying to see your band, hopefully, fingers crossed, man. Knock on wood. Fuck. Everybody simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, if people are paying to see your band, though, uh, like, I this is a personal preference. It's yeah. like I want to see some shit that I haven't heard on recording. Same. Yeah. And if that's like playing some songs really fast or just yeah. adding nuances here and there, it's like that is the shit that I love is being like, oh, what's up? We're on tour, so we're going to do this right? Yeah. instead. And not just basically be a live jukebox. Right, exactly. Like songs that we've already recorded. Dude, yeah. yeah. I love that too. Yeah. I can't think of an example off the top of my head of a band that does that, but uh, I have seen some shit like that, and I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, man. even if the band like just has a cool intro that they don't have on a record, but they play it live or some yeah. shit like that. Intros, man. Yeah. That shit does a lot. Like, Chamber playing a Nashville show, and everybody beating the shit out of each other to an intro. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. I saw Gabe tweet about that the other day, and I'm like, fuck, I remember that. That was crazy. Dude, yeah. Ah, uh, dude, yeah, that... The the first show we ever played was... We played an intro, and that is the end of Edge. Oh, is it? Yeah. No shit. Like, the intro to our first set ever. Was we just had that riff. We've had that riff since we were a band. And we just haven't used it until now. Oh my god. That's the thing. Like we we still have like Gabe just writes riffs. You have like a riff library. Yeah. Library he literally does. And then we'll like go put our little bifocals on and <laughs> see what riffs we want to pick out of the library. The the riff encyclopedia. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. I, I mean I can't remember that show. I was there for that. I just can't remember. I, I can't go back, obviously, and that remember was, uh, that riff. Yeah, but that was like the last Hanging Moon show. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, y'all fucking opened that. Yeah, right. yeah, we like played two songs. I think that's '70s, man. Yeah. Uh, poor dude. Well, I don't want to go too long. Yeah, <laughs> we got we were fucking in it last time. We were going. Is there anything else you want to talk about, like with this record process in general, or uh, anything, any stories, or anything that, like, uh, you know, you feel like you want to talk about? 
Um, not not off the top of my head. You know, there's just this record is just like super. Um, I just feel like, uh, like ripping point tearing that record kind of captures, in my opinion, really well like the period of time from when we started the band until like we put that record out, and I feel like Cost does the same for like the past year and a half until now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for like what we've done and where we're where we're going, yeah, you know, like a compilation of experiences. Yeah, for sure. Gotcha. That's cool. And I, I assume so. You're already writing. You said at yeah, the we're, very beginning. We're already fucking some shit up right now, bro. Where me and Gabe are talking about like getting a schedule going and, like I said, approaching it differently and taking more time because we realize time's kind of all we have right now. Yeah. So. We got a lot of it. <laughs> trying to use it. Trying yeah. to use every little bit of it, you know? It's trying to stay motivated. And yeah. Just, like, getting yeah. some more shit. For sure. Yeah. And if you, like, make yourself, like, do it and, like, plan it out so you can do it, it helps you stay motivated. Got you. Oh, sure. yeah, man. Um, also, I mean, uh, this I will literally take out if it's not cool, but uh, I don't know if it's public yet, but you have, you have a deal with Zildjian now, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't know if I like can disclose can disclose, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, this, this awesome guy named Eric gross hit me up about, about, uh, becoming like a, a Zildjian guy and I'm pumped to try some new symbols out for sure. That's fucking sick. And, and thank you Vic Firth also. I'm really excited about trying out some new sticks too. Oh, you got, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm really pumped. That's fucking sick. Congratulations. Thank by you, the way. I appreciate that. It feels crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn. I knew about Zildjian. I didn't know about the Vic Firth thing. Yeah. Going on. That's fucking sick. Five yeah. B's for life, man. Dude, yeah. I'm going to try some, <laughs> some variations out and see which ones I like for sure. So before we get out of here, uh, is there anything with Chamber that you want to promote or plug right now other uh, than the record itself? Yeah. Uh, listen to Cost of Sacrifice in the next couple weeks. Uh, look out for costofsacrifice.com. We're going to have some exclusive merch on there uh, that'll be up for pre-order. Oh, yeah. uh, and a new website with all our videos and lyrics and everything at costofsacrifice.com. But uh, besides that, look out for some more videos and shit like that, too. All the content, baby. Yeah, and content's the name of the game. Follow Chamber on uh, Instagram, Twitter. People kind of do Facebook still. But... Sometimes. <laughs> like my aunt does, but <laughs> I don't, you know. Yeah. Nobody should, but some people do. Right. Uh, but yeah, this is the uh, the alternative upstage with Tay. Uh, thanks, Tay. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, man. It's been fun. For sure. Listen to Cost of Sacrifice, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks. Peace out.